0: This whole podcast, we'll know for sure if, if you download this and listen to it, that, that what I'm about to say was was wrong. But did you know that uh, tomorrow, we're recording this on the evening of Sunday, March the 16th, tomorrow, March the 17th, mm-hmm. there was supposed to be a giant disaster of biblical proportions. Oh, so if you're listening to this podcast, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. What's supposed to happen tomorrow is a giant tsunami, get this, wait, that will begin in Lake Michigan, somewhere near Chicago, and sweep through the entire Great Lakes Basin, wiping out up to 100 million people. How does a tsunami begin in Lake Michigan? I don't know, but if you would like to see, and <laughs> I'm going to just call it up right now. You've been listening to the Art Bell Radio Show? No, no, well, this has to do with, uh, okay, uh, what is it, flood, flood 17, is that what it is? Yes, flood17.com. Hmm. Here it is. Uh, This has to do with uh, Jewish prophecy and uh, basically the Jewish version of revelation with the Messiah coming. So on March 17th, 2014, USA and Canada will begin to sink under the water. Between 70 to 150 million people will die due to their mega floods and almighty plagues. And then it has some helpful hints here. Uh, what the Gentiles should do in order to save themselves. Uh, this website, I, I think I'm just dumber by looking at it. Uh, oh, wait a second. Uh, something's changed here. So one day, four hours, 56 minutes, 11 seconds. That's interesting because it was different. It was 15 hours last time I checked. So they already changed the time. What's wrong <laughs> they, with this? They're
1: farting it. <laughs> so they, they backed
0: it up a little bit. Well, they'll probably be
1: backing it up until the end of time. So I, I told my wife this, and she said, okay, well, I'm not... I, Not doing the ironing then.
0: (laughs) Good thinking.
1: Well, I'm certainly not editing this show until Monday
0: night.
2: From the headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, now with 1.2 billion subscribers on iTunes and GeoCities, this is the world's most popular podcast with Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth, featuring musical guest Sting.
0: In a world where deep voices are king, one man is being hailed as a hero to voiceover artists
1: everywhere. We'll look back at the life of famed V.O. God
0: Hal Douglas, A big band connection to that missing airplane of a bygone era as the search continues for a Malaysian Airlines flight, MH370. You know it.
1: Neil Young's portable music player, PAN, but that hasn't stopped thousands from investing $4 million
0: into Pono. Plus, more great entries in our Sony camcorder giveaway and why America
2: has a really big obsession with men's nipples. And now, Alan Cross and Michael Hainsworth. Here we go.
0: I was crushed last week upon uh, word of the death of Hal Douglas. Oh, yes. Nobody knows who Hal Douglas is by name, but you know him by voice. He's one of the most famous voiceover guys of all time. Does a lot, he did a lot of movie trailers. He was 89 years old, and uh, he, he died of, uh, I guess it was uh, complications of pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you just, he's got a, I'll, I'll, I'll post his, his, what we call his, his uh, audition reel. And you can hear all the things that he's done over the years. Oh, even
1: better than his audition reel. Have you seen the uh, movie trailer for the Seinfeld documentary, Comedian?
0: Yeah, that that's also really good. <clears throat> all right, let's try this. This is the voiceover for Comedian movie trailer. Take one. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no, in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no, in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Oh? Okay. In a land that... No, in a land either. In a time... I don't think so.
2: In a land before time...
3: It's about a comedian,
0: Jack.
2: One man.
0: No. When your life is no longer your own. What, what does that mean? When everything you know is wrong. That's wrong. In an outpost. No. On the edge of space. There's no space. A girl. No. Two girls. No. Now. No.
2: More than ever. Stop it. A
0: renegade cop. Ugh, I hate you. A robot renegade cop. You're fired. You're fired. No, you're actually fired. I'm fired. Get out of the booth, Jack. No. I like it in here.
1: I th- That is, is one of the best examples. Further to that, you also get uh, Hal Douglas making a cameo in five voiceover guys in a limo. I didn't know. Was that in it. The- You're not familiar with that one? No. That one included Don LaFontaine and Don Morrow as well. These three guys were the big guys in the industry. Here you go. Here's a Listen.
0: Well, sir tonight's tonight that's right in a world where the success of an industry depends upon the creative ability of a few greatness must be recognized the 26th annual hollywood reporter key art awards Shall i head directly to the dga no not yet first we have to assemble our team our team Imagine five of the top voiceover artists in our country, all in one car. Mine. Meet John Leader, A simple man in a complicated world. But tonight, for one heart-stopping moment, quite possibly a hero. Now that's a knife. Dictate. A voice 65 million years in the making. Ominous. Mysterious. Hung like a horse. (laughs) Rated R. Under 17 not admitted without parent. (laughs) Well, are we prepared to move on to the ceremony? Prepared? Nothing could ever prepare you for what awaits you. At the ceremony. Meet Mark Elliott, the cherished voice of the most beloved animated classics of our time. Featuring all your favorite Disney characters. Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Timon, Pumbaa, Pocahontas, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Beauty and the Beast, Winnie the Pooh, Bumper, Dot, Sleepy, Sneezy, and the ever-delightful Dopey with special songs by the Academy Award-winning team that brought you Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Okay, anyone left, sir? Only one man. Excuse me. Sure. Al. Hi, Don, it's Hal Douglas. Who? Hal. Al Chuck. Action. Adventure. Romance. I make it all look so easy. I'm oh, oh. cool. Oh yeah, sir. Are we going to the awards now? Not yet.
2: Now. 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 now.
0: See, I do an awful lot of voice work myself here in the, here in this studio. And uh, these guys are kind of like my my heroes. They make lot. Well, there's lots and lots and lots of money to be made for the top voiceover guys. It's really hard to break in at that level. And the thing too is that you don't need to have the
1: in a world kind of voice, you, I, the, the fifth guy in that
0: was the guy who did the voice of Disney stuff, and that was all very light and happy. Producers are always looking for, producers and, and, and copywriters and uh, other creative types are always looking for that, that really interesting, unique voice that cuts through all else. And it doesn't have to be the deep, gravelly voice. You're right. It can be something, you know, like, the, for example, the guy that does the promos for um, David Letterman on CBS. You know, not a deep, gravelly voice. He's a you know mid-range sort of voice. But, I mean, you hear him and you think David Letterman. The big um, evolution of the voiceover
1: artist has uh, gone to more towards, particularly for regular commercials as opposed to movies, uh,
0: has gone towards the everyday guy sound. Mm, yeah, for the time being. Yeah, you don't want the big voice guy sound anymore. That's, uh, that's considered old-fashioned. There's a really good movie called In a World Where, which is about um, – in a world, let me just call it up. Uh it's about a um a woman in a man's world of voiceovers. Mm-hmm. It, it came out last year and it's uh, it's 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 if you're at all interested in the idea of you know voicing commercials, voicing movie trailers, narrating television shows, uh reading audiobooks, you know, any of that sort of stuff, it's it's a very good movie to watch. In a world In a word. Hey, make sure your phone's turned off. I think we're getting some
3: feedback out here.
2: Oh. Uh. Sorry, duh. Ready, ready. This Wednesday, one woman will teach another woman. <clears throat> I just woke up, so my voice is cold. Well, let's face it, the industry does not crave a female yeah, sound. Yeah,
3: Dad, you've been painfully aware of that my whole of life. Not i not being
0: sexist, to... that's just the truth. You should stick with the accents. That's what you're good at. What was that great, that Russian Star Wars thing you used to do as a yeah, kid? Yeah, I know
2: the one you're talking about. But... Please, let me hear <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> just love that, it's so random.
3: I've been working, the vocal coaching, right?
2: Oh. Ting- the out, Carol. Eva Longuria. Stop what you think, you stupid slapper! Eva, you could you. you just put the cork back in your mouth and work on those vowels? Thank you. I.
3: You make a choice. I might be the voice of Sunny Delight. Sonny D? Next up, lemon drop shots on me.
2: I'll see you, uh, see
0: you tonight then. All right. Okay. I know she hung up already. Is that obvious?
1: I lost it to a broad? Are you kidding
0: me? Nowadays, they're flying planes. They're taking jobs. That's just the reality. Welcome to today's world.
1: Let's give the voiceover industry something to talk about here. What do you say?
0: Sorry. I <sighs> carried away that. It's a great big epic coming down the pike.
2: The Amazon Games. It's about these fierce, mutated female
0: Amazonian warriors battling clone prehistoric cavemen hybrids. It's all based on the Prussian
3: War. And everybody's in a huff. I guess they're reinstating the hokey in a world gimmick. In a world, your dad is so hot. My 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 my
2: my. Ugh, chim chimmy. Nope, you slap up. This Wednesday, one woman will teach another woman to sound a little less. Can
3: I get a smoothie around here? I don't know where you'd get a smoothie around here at all. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay.
2: Thanks so much. Yeah, no worries.
3: In a world.
2: In a world, in a world. Well, cannot wait
1: to see that movie. One of the wonderful things about um, Mr. Hal Douglas was that he did have a lot of variety to his voice. He he did your um, Forest Gump, Philadelphia, but he also did Coneheads, Lethal Weapon, even if you've got, uh, as they call it, the pipes you do want to have a variety to your voice.
0: You do, uh, which is something that's very, very hard to do. And, you know, you have to take care of your voice. I mean, uh, you have deadlines. Uh, some of the clients that I have, for example, they need stuff immediately. So, um, you know, I I got to watch out and make sure that I don't have a cold. I have to be very careful if I go out the night before that I don't strain my voice. Yeah. Um, I have to be very careful of, you know, things like this. This is this is gross and and weird, but but canker sores and cold sores. All these things are really, really – and the dentist. I mean, i got to time my dentist appointments so I don't mess up my voiceover work. It's an instrument
1: when it comes down to it, and you work it. You actively work your voice much like you would a muscle or your fingers trying to to, uh, develop more
0: keyboarding skills. Yeah, you, you, you do. I have some tapes of me on the radio back in 1983, 84, and I sound like a little girl. (laughs) I I, I really do And then over the years I mean You practice And you develop habits And you get older And and whatever And 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 things change But uh, yeah It is like an instrument And you have to take care of it Because if you abuse it Then it's going to go away And if it goes away, then you have no way of making money because what made you special, what made you in demand has now evaporated. Mm -hmm.
2: Own one of the craptastic mugs of the world's most popular podcast and support the show. You too can use the power of science to hold liquids, both hot or cold. Visit geeksandbeats.com today.
1: As we've been talking a lot about this uh, missing Boeing 777, the MH370 flight uh, out of Malaysian Airlines, uh, you uh, rewind the clock uh,
0: quite a few years. I'm fascinated by this. Uh, one of my areas of geekdom is civil aviation. And so I've been following this obsessively. You know, where did this plane go and what's going on with it? And uh, this reminded me of some other stories that, that go back many, many years. I'll tell you too that involve music. 1944... <laughs> Glenn Miller, the big band leader, was in Britain And he enlisted in the army at the age of 38 And his idea, he was too old to fight But what he wanted to do was bring updated modern music to the army Which, at that time, was considered very important to raise the morale of the troops And to this day To this day, so they they shipped him out to England and uh, he played over 800 concerts in 1944 alone. And on December the, 14th, uh, December the 15th of 1944, he was on his way to Paris. Uh, France had been recently liberated. He was going to go play some shows there. And uh, the morale was, of the troops was going to go through the roof. So they take off on this, this single-engine plane. They take off um, over the English Channel, and they disappear into the fog. What they think happened was 139 Lancaster bombers were returning from an aborted bombing run over Germany, and they were running short of fuel. So procedure said, we've got to dump our munitions over the English Channel before we land, otherwise we're not going to have enough fuel to get back to base. So they did. They were flying at a much higher altitude than Glenn Miller's plane. And the thinking is that some of these falling munitions, which were bombs and, um, you know, other incendiary devices, uh, hit the plane below. It spiraled into the English Channel and was never found again. So there is an example of a missing aircraft that nobody has ever been able to find featuring, you know, somebody famous. There was another situation uh, not that long ago. It was a flight from Nairobi, Kenya. To London It was a British Airways flight A guy tried to And this has nothing to do with uh, Disappearance But it it kind of ties into The Malaysian um, MH370 flight Because there could have been A cockpit incursion Which caused this whole thing This particular flight There was a cockpit incursion A guy broke into the cockpit of the 747 And was Was going to do something horrible and uh, this, this, the captain came in and, and basically you know wrestled the guy to the ground, gouged his eyes out so he could once again get control of the aircraft. On that plane flying back from Nairobi was Brian Ferry of Roxy Music and his wife. Oh really Yes. I could So there are my two uh, aircraft and musician stories. Isn't Glenn Miller still considered MIA? Yes, he is. Nobody's ever found him. Nobody's ever found the plane. There have been stories about uh, witnesses seeing the plane spiral into the English Channel, but it has never been recovered. No bodies have ever been recovered. And as far as anybody is concerned, Glenn Miller is still MIA. What's
1: fascinating about MH370 to me is that now they're believing that, yes, in fact, the plane didn't just blow up midair, that
0: it was diverted and flew for something anywhere between five and eight hours. Again, we're taping this Sunday night, so we're working on information that we have at the end of the weekend. However, uh, I can tell you that there was there uh, as we record this, it could be another red herring, but as we record this, a Greek petrochemical tanker it's steaming towards an area someplace in the straits of malacca to check out some debris
1: oh really yeah my favorite explanation is aliens that was one of the multiple explanations that came up sure or or they're lost
0: just like in the tv show yeah so uh i would you know if, if I i'd want to check some lottery numbers just in case I I don't know what I mean by that, but if you knew the show, show, you know what I'm talking about. No, not a clue. Never saw it. You never saw it? A great show. But basically, lottery numbers have something to do with it, or a series of of numbers. Or if you don't reset those numbers every 90 minutes or so, uh, you're in big trouble. I'm glad to see you
1: finally got
0: your dog schmooze to be posed with uh, (laughs) our Geeks and Beats uh, Miracle Travel Mug of Traveling. I'm going to say this again, and it's not because I get a piece of the action. I, I don't think I do. But I can tell you that... The, uh, the Geeks and Beats travel mug, Miracle Travel mug of traveling, is the best travel mug I've ever had in my life. You could brain somebody with it. This thing's quite, uh, quite hefty. I thought it was made of plastic. It's metal. And ceramic. It's very good. I mean, I can keep that thing. Uh, okay. I haven't conducted any thermodynamic studies on this thing, but I bet you <laughs> if I fill that thing full of hot water or coffee and screw it on the lid and uh, put the little tab down to, to block out all the holes... I bet you I could keep that liquid warm four hours. Four hours. I think so. It's that good.
1: And I bring it up because you've made that the uh, image photo to go with science says animals
0: enjoy music the same way we do. Yes, it was an excuse to post the dog. Uh, so there's, a, there's actually, uh, again, I'll post the, the, music, uh, the uh, show notes, uh, this in the show notes. But, um, okay, let me back up a little bit. The reason Schmooze is in there with the, with the coffee mug is because uh, a couple times a week she goes to doggy daycare. And- Hang on. That in and to itself, I don't get. A couple of times a week? Well, listen, she's a very hyperactive dog some days, and I need to work at home. So rather than have her bug me to go outside, oh, I can hear her barking right now. Rather than have her bark, uh, d- d- squirrels, there's a guy <laughs> across the fence from me. Just wait. There's a guy from across the fence from me. He built a fence. There's a guy across the fence from me. He built a shed. And the shed has a little cupola at the top or a cupola or whatever you call it. And I think a bunch of squirrels live in that thing. So the dog spends all her time on either the couch or the loveseat looking out the back window at the squirrels that come running in and out of this thing. It Drives her crazy. So she goes absolutely batshit and, and, and goes to the back door and starts screaming and barking. And I have to let her out. So if I'm working at home, I can't. I, 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 I just can't. Uh, be be running downstairs to let the dog out all the time to chase after the stupid squirrel. So you send her to the spa. So a couple of times a week we go to the spa. It's just down the street. It's it's a it's thirty five dollars well spent. She spends the entire day running around and chasing squirrels. there. There's a couple of bunnies that live under the under the deck. Um, she uh, uh, has a couple of friends that that she plays with, and um, she also likes going in the grooming room and listening to music. Uh, I have found out, according to the people that work there, and they give her basically run of the place, that she. Um, likes to hang out in the grooming room where the groomer is has has got a serious xm receiver on all day and it's tuned to one of the classic rock stations and she says that schmooze really likes the music she likes led zeppelin she likes yes a bit of a prog rock thing going on there (laughs) Uh, she likes the occasional beatles and what she does is she walks into the room and oh music's playing so she'll pick out a crate a little cage and then she'll root around through the, all, all the other crates for the pillows that she likes and builds herself a little nest in the crate that she has chosen. And once she does that, she'll sit there watching and listening or watching other dogs get groomed and listening to the music. So uh, the, the talk around the doggy daycare is that, yeah, Schmooze is a real classic rock fan. So when I saw this, this, this uh, study saying that do animals like music, uh, and the answer is yes, in much the same way humans do, I, I had to post it. It's a, it's a video that runs about, uh, how long is it, about three minutes. It's three minutes and ten seconds. Yeah, well, we won't play it here, but I will have it in the show notes. And it ex- No, I'll play it. All right,
3: go. Hey music lovers, Trace here with the beat from the street on D News. Music is one of the most basic pleasures that humans have. The oldest surviving musical instruments are some 40,000 year old bone flutes from southwestern Germany. These ancient bone flutes are of such high quality as to suggest that we'd actually been making instruments for generations, these are just the ones that survive to today. Though we don't really need instruments to make it work, anthropologists have yet to find a culture that didn't enjoy making music, and according to zoologists, It's not actually just us. Research out of Boston University and published in the journal Science explores the tendency of birds and whales to follow the same rules as human music. Both birds and whales have the ability to make sounds that aren't musical. But they don't. They naturally prefer to stay in the realm of human composition. Birds have been known to sing in phrases and rhythms, even adding percussion. Some use logs to amplify their song and follow call-and-response methods favored by like, jazz musicians. Humpback Whale Song uses the ABA format of a musical phrase, so like a phrase followed by a new one and then a return to the original one. It was favored by the Beatles as well. This is a pretty standard musical format. Whales use it. The researchers conclude that musical pensions can't just be a human trait, but that animals are programmed to enjoy or follow the laws of harmonics. A study done in 2001 on English cows found that when cows were played songs while being milked, the speed of the music affected how much milk they produced. Specifically, the cows liked the slow jams. Fast songs over 120 beats per minute caused milk production to drop, but slow songs that were under 100 beats per minute increased production by 3% per day. Unfortunately, the cows seemed to hate Jamiroquai, which I don't even understand, how can you hate Cosmic Girl, it songs great. That kind of makes me like the cows list. Neuroscientists and psychologists have studied the human brain looking for clues to why we love music so much, and we have talked about some of the connections in the past here on DNews. Neuroscientists at Harvard Medical School scanned the brains of people listening to music and found though the left hemisphere controls language and the right is considered the musical half, there was a quote, subtle interplay between the two when listening to music. More recently, it was discovered jazz musicians process music not as an aesthetic pleasure alone, but also as a language. Using fMRI scans on jazz musicians, they found that our brains derive meaning from the musical phrases. Which sounds to me a lot like the birds and whales. I don't know about you guys. So why do animals like music? Because scientists believe it's built in. It's universal. They like it for the same reasons that we like it. It feels right. See?
0: This works. I, and, and it's not just me. It's not just the people at the, at the uh, daycare. Dogs and other animals like music. In fact, I found something today, which I don't think I told you about. Let me just find it. A uh, big scientific discovery in that science has determined that beluga whales like bagpipe music. Mm, Bagpipes specifically. Yeah.
2: If you think I'm sexy, I just want my boy. All you
1: got to do is come. Oh! The only problem for them with the bagpipes is trying to get their mouths around the uh, flute. Uh, or whatever it is. Yeah, what, 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 do you, what do you call it? Bagpipes. I pulled up on bagpipejourney.com, the anatomy of a bagpipe. It is not the flute part, it is the. Oh, wow. There are a lot of pieces. Of, I had no idea they were so complicated. You got your bush drone cap, your base drone, your inside tenor drone, your outside tenor drone, and the mouthpiece and the blowpipe. Holy crap. Look at this thing. I know. So clearly the uh, whales have a problem with uh, getting their blowpipes around the blowholes. Chanter stock, a blowpipe stock. This thing looks more complicated than a car. It does. A hide bank. Wow. Okay. Crazy. All right. Most of us uh, tend to uh, digitize our vinyl onto MP3 format to listen to on our uh, smartphones, but uh, you have figured out that there are some of us who actually want to go the other way around. You found a vinyl printer that cuts records in real time. Yeah.
0: This is kind of cool. Uh, we have everybody's seen the the USB turntables that will take your vinyl and, and um, digitize it.
1: And the neat thing about that technology is that you don't need to individually track the songs. It will, The software will cut up the MP3 into the individual tracks for you.
0: Yeah, as long as there are pauses between the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that w- it works great. I, I, and a lot of people will like this sort of stuff. But what if you want to do it in the other direction? Why on earth would you ever want to do it in the other direction? I'm in a band. I would like to avoid the costs of going to a record-pressing plant To create X number of super limited edition vinyl versions of my album. It would have to be so super limited edition. Because if you're doing this in real time, that would take forever. It it would. Each of these machines is $4,000. Plus, you have to pay for the blanks, which I'm sure are not cheap at all. But if you wanted to do it, you could. And, you know, at $4,000, again, if you were... uh, Let's say that you were uh, an entrepreneur. And it wasn't just for your band. But what if you got... Other bands to contract you to do this sort of thing. Again, you would be saving the effort of going to uh, the record pressing plant and making the order because right now, record pressing, pressing plants are working overtime. It's very hard to get an order in there. So, what if you had a couple of these things? And then think about how rare that vinyl would be. You know, you could sell it for 150, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, whatever.
1: I wonder if the quality would be as good because I know that early compact discs, when I was recording compact discs, you go back to them two or three years later and
0: they've degraded to the point where they're unlistenable. Like they simply just don't register. No, they, they don't. Uh, compact discs uh, from that era, I think, have a lifespan of about 10 years before they start to degrade. And that's the, they had to do with the, um, the epoxy that they use to keep the two sides of the plastic together over the, uh, the reflective bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what would happen is that they'd separate and get moisture in there, and then that would start to eat away at the, uh, the aluminum, and it would corrode, and it just wouldn't work. So,
1: Speaking of I, obsolete I, technology, Neil Young has come out with an MP3 player. Nice to see Neil join us in 2003. It is not an MP3 player. Oh, really? What Let's, is it? No, it's a flak player. Uh, okay, so it's a higher quality audio player that none of us really need because we've already got an MP3
0: player. Well, okay, this, this is my point. I think, Neil, it's very, very good that you have come up with a device that will play high quality audio. Audio higher quality than what you would get from an MP3. Terrific. Two things. Number one. Why is it triangular? That's not exactly something that I want to stick in my pocket. And number two, if I'm mobile, I don't want to take another device with me. In many cases, although I don't like MP3s at all for serious listening, when I'm mobile, MP3s are, let's face it, good enough. Yes, <laughs>
1: Is that a Toblerone bar in your pocket, or are you
0: just happy to see me? Well, that, that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a very big, chunky Toblerone bar. But what's, what's also, just let me look this up here, uh, Pono... It's a
1: Kickstarter program as well. And on the topic of Pono, who names their music player
0: Pono? It, it looks and sounds like porno. I know, I know. And a lot lot of some people said to me, you know, I I look at it, and I can't help but my brain registers porno, and I keep seeing a naked Neil Young, and I can't get that out of my mind. Oh, that's just awful. He's got more than five thousand backers on this Kickstarter program who have already will who have already. uh, No, 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 no. He's got eleven thousand four hundred and thirteen with three point eight million dollars pledged, with twenty nine days still to go. His original goal was eight hundred thousand. Who are these people? Well, this is what I want to know. Who's, who's, who's doing this? I th- Okay, maybe I don't – maybe this isn't aimed at me because I don't want to necessarily, you know, I, like I say, carry around another device. And this won't sync with iTunes because iTunes cannot handle FLAC. Um, I don't know how it's going to work. Okay, so
1: what's a better quality, FLAC or the AAC that you would get if you bought something off iTunes? Oh, FLAC, FLAC.
0: And how big are the files? Uh, bigger. Um, I don't know. I guess you'd have to depend on song to song. I don't get the point of all this. Well, neither do I. I think it's a, I think it's a, it's an admirable thing, but um, oh, I see what's going on here. I see why they're raising so much money. Is because if you pledge a certain amount amount of money, you can have signature series a signature series Pono, which means you'd have it autographed by a number of artists. So, for example, pledge four hundred or more, and you can get a Dave Matthews Band. Um, and there's, I guess it looks like it's 500 artists or 500 backers per artist. So for example, there was a Foo Fighters Pono, uh, and that one sold out. There's a Herbie Hancock one, which is still available. Nora Jones, Lenny Kravitz is okay. How much do you have to pledge to have
1: Neil Young stop bitching about the oil sands?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think there's that enough money in the world for that. And it's interesting too. I'm just looking here. Is that if you pledge your 400 bucks for your Pono, which is derived from um, some kind of uh, Hawaiian word, by the way, uh, ship estimated ship date October. Oh, just in time for Christmas of 2003. Yes, yes. So I listen. We'll see um, if somebody wanted to give us one to give away. <laughs> After spending the last seven
1: minutes tearing it apart, you think someone's going to give us one?
0: But no, we're not. It's not that we're tearing it apart. I'm tearing it apart. We're just blowing smoke out our ass because we don't. We we've we've never held one. We've never experienced one. We've never.
1: It doesn't matter whether or not you've held or experienced one. It's all the game is won. Apple and Samsung through Android, we've already won. The rest of us who don't have an MP3 player right now, you're not going to be buying one
0: anyway. Okay, so I'll I'll come over to your side for a second. This brings me back to the days when we were buying aftermarket cassette players and CD players for cars. And I remember there was this big deal, uh, oh God, late 70s, early 80s, when cassette players for the car were finally equipped with Dolby noise reduction. And I remember thinking how stupid that was because you're listening to a cassette running at one and seven eighths inches per second through a portable um, mobile amplifier, which at that time had maybe 10 watts, 15 watts, 25 watts per channel, in a car driving down the road with wind noise, engine noise, road noise, and all kinds of other noise. You were going to notice Dolby noise reduction? I doubt it. Same thing with early CD players. Sure, they sounded better, but for the most part, the cassettes were good enough because... Road noise, wind noise, engine noise, other noise. So uh, if you're mobile, why th- there's going to be noise and it's going to be completely contingent on the type of headphones that you have. Earbuds will not do for this thing. You need really tight in-ear canal uh, headphones for this thing to work, good ones, or really solid over-the-year ones that seal out everything. And even then, if you're on 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 the on the move, you're 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 going to get uh, all kinds of extraneous extraneous external noise.
1: All right, are you done? I think so. Are you ready for Ask Alan anything?
2: Got a question about music, love, that suspicious rash? Ask Alan anything. Call 323 319 Nerd. What do you got this
1: week? Absolutely nothing. No, all right. We haven't been promoting this actively enough, so we don't actually have anybody asking you anything this week. Well, that's
0: fine because, uh, like I said, your wife was over yesterday, and I think I'm suffering from brain damage from hypoxia.
1: (laughs) Time now for a Geeks and Beats update.
2: London, Bangkok, New York, Cincinnati. From the worldwide headquarters of Geeks and Beats magazine, this is a GNB News Update.
1: We got another great entry in our Sony camcorder giveaway. Oh, well, that's good. So we have how many? We've got a whole metric ton of them now, now that we've uh, eased up on the restrictions uh, for you to get the HDR-MV1 camcorder from Sony. This fantastic little handheld device uh, does uh, really high quality audio. And uh, the plan was you had uh, to make a video or a photo showing you enjoying the show it to Facebook. Nobody put the effort into that. So we dialed it back. So all you had to do is give a testimonial on your Facebook page and tag us. And now we have a few good all right so for example this one's from lawrence Feller, uh, who writes in it's that kind of day isn't it wake up look at the ceiling for about three and a half minutes coffee sounds good i'm still drinking out of a yuck yucks comedy club mug that's two years old that's long for mug life isn't it yeah i think you. so maybe guess i'll get a new one soon hey i heard this podcast sells mugs You read that right. A podcast mug. Actually, it's called the GNB Special Edition Members Only Exclusive Mug of Drinking, which I agree is far too wordy for something that could also be summed up in one word, a mug. But I digress. So this podcast, right, not only is it the world's most popular podcast, it's like totally like awesome and like cool and stuff. But no, really, my inner teenage girl from 2003 aside, it'll tickle your fancy. Or at least, the very least, kill an hour of your life whilst educating you in such things as geeks and or beats. Hence the title, Geeks and Beats. Although now I think about it, the geeks part of it isn't really so much the content as well. The description of me, the listener. But not to worry, there is much more content involved, not simply just Geeks and Beats. It could easily have been named Stuff and Guff, or Things and Bling, or Fits and... Well, you get the picture. Hours and hours worth of information pertaining to things, stuff, and all sorts of bits and bites, And then it goes on and on and on. Oh, he calls me fabulously talented in it. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you are the ubiquitous Alan Cross. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I am ubiquitous. I will. I will. Gra- I will. Gra- yeah. Okay, so Lawrence is going to be added to the kitty here for uh, the possibility of winning this fantastic $300 uh, Sony camcorder. If you want a chance to win on the big show... You got one more week. Next week, we are going to put three of these uh, recommended ones into the show. And from there, the listeners will get to vote. However, there is one more here that maybe I need to bring up, although I have a funny feeling since I've already uh, once admitted that uh, it's written by a woman of whom I've got a crush. Maybe it's going to be disqualified. Oh. But uh, GMB listener Shannon writes – If you're at all like me, and I know I am, you will enjoy the Geeks and Beats podcast. It's got Alan Cross's delightfully overbearing music stuff (laughs) paired with Michael Hainsworth's geekery and shtick. I look forward to new podcasts on Wednesdays to hear Alan's name drop and Michael say automagically. Oh, so you've got a catchphrase. (laughs) Apparently I've got a catchphrase.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's good. Okay, that's well on your way to something.
1: Indeed. I'm going to have to uh, excuse myself. From uh, making any decisions as to whether or not Shannon Simpson's uh, testimonial makes it into the game.
0: I'll, uh, okay, so so I'll make the call on that.
1: Yes, you will. Part of the Geeks and Beats update, uh, Victor Biggio uh, is uh, uh, making his world tour with his Geeks and Beats mug we discussed at the top of the program. He's now in Sausalito taking pictures of it.
0: <laughs> right, okay. See, that's, uh, you gotta remind me, um, because I'm gonna be doing a lot of traveling starting in April. But you don't want to take the mug with you.
1: This is a heavy mug. It's fine for carrying to the car and back, but you don't want to be putting that in your carry-on.
0: Well, why not? I mean, I I can stuff, uh, I can stuff, I can use it for a a packing thing. I can, you know, it's, it's, it's a great uh, RFID shield.
1: (laughs) Meantime, uh, where are we on this whole plan uh, to attend and do the show live on location? Oh,
0: um, it's good. It's, it's, uh, uh, did you not get the email? No, 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 no. We're good to go.
1: Okay, so uh, you wrote, "Attention, Vinyl Nuts." I never miss this record show. Sunday, April sixth. My birthday, by the way. At the Estonian Hall, nine fifty-eight Broadview Avenue, Toronto, at eleven a.m. Yeah, it's my birthday, by the way. It's your birthday that day. I, yes, it is. And you will. We will be doing the show from there.
0: Yes, um, uh, Akeem is the guy. Uh, I, I check your email. I, I uh, he. If, if you don't, if you didn't get the email, I'll, I'll send it back to you because uh, he wants to know exactly what kind of space we need. It's um, it's a bit crowded, but there's there's a corner, a couple of corners that I know that we can go in. Okay, sounds good. And, and he'll want to know what kind of equipment uh, you know we'll be bringing the equipment off, or you'll be bringing the equipment.
1: Yes, Nerd boy will be bringing all the gear. So if you want to uh, meet us live and in person Sunday, April sixth, uh, we will be there. Uh,
0: at what time are we going to be doing this? We got to be there for ten. Okay. Okay, so we'll be there for ten. Doors open at eleven. Doors open for the VIPs from ten to eleven. Oh, first crack, and then uh, general public gets in at eleven o'clock. And the thing is crowded all day, so it runs from eleven to four.
1: All right, maybe I need to uh, get a couple of uh, GNB T-shirts made up. You're, you're, are you a large or are you an <clears throat> extra large? Uh, Portly, yeah. Uh, what are we going to do uh, about signage? Signage. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was I, thinking about getting a Jelliskins
0: for my MacBook Air. <laughs> What are we going to do? Oh. You know what? Let me let me ask and see if uh the people at my radio station can find us some signage. Fantastic. Geeks Meets
1: update uh, on uh, the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> this is my favorite story of the week. Um But I I have to confess that when I was watching the Super Bowl and I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers come on bare chested, I thought, oh, this is going to cause a problem. And it did. So a number of people have complained to the FCC. Over 50 people complained to the FCC about the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' halftime performance at the Super Bowl this past year because they showed nipples. (laughs) Oh, hang on. How many people complained about men's nipples? I believe it was 53. And how many people watched the Super Bowl? Uh, Oh, well over 100 million. It was the highest rated Super Bowl of all time.
1: And the FCC feels obligated with that low a percentage to investigate the complaint?
0: Oh, they they, they have to. Can I read some of these? Oh, God. Do you have to? From uh, Forestville, California. I found it indecent that I had to see the nipples of Anthony Kiedis and Flea on the halftime show. Both men and women should have to wear shirts. There are children watching, for goodness sake. Uh, one from Los Angeles. So, how is it okay for male performers to perform shirtless showing both nipples, yet you sanction nipple showing by Jack- Janet Jackson? That's sexism.
1: Oh, see, that one sounds more like a complaint about Janet Jackson, more so than it does about Flea. That's right. Why did
0: you go after Janet when you and you didn't go after Flea? That's wrong. Uh, the Halftime, this is from uh, O'Fallon, Missouri, wherever that is. Uh, the Halftime Show had a gratuitous, spelled wrong, display of nudity and the nipples of more than one adult were displayed on broadcast TV, specifically the performance by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. If Janet Jackson can't show a nipple, the... N- again, spelling mistake. Neither should they. I found this performance offensive by the same standards that Janet Jackson's performance was found to be offensive.
1: Oh, oh okay, again, this doesn't seem to be a complaint as much about Flea showing his nipples as the remarkable reaction uh, to Janet Jackson. In other words, it sounds like people are saying we need more nipples on
0: TV, not fewer. Uh, that way, yes, a double standard. And finally, this one, and I, uh, this one was written in all caps. Okay, this person named Anthony Kiedis was naked to the waist, waist spelled W-A-S-T-E, thrusting his pelvis, saying that what he got, he got to give it, put it in you. He is clearly talking about his penis. I am shocked and offended that the FCC would allow this filth. First, Janet Jackson talking about breastuses. Again. <laughs> you know, spelled wrong. Then Paul McCartney talking about marijuana. Then Bruno Mars talking about my penis. Now Anthony Kiedis is talking about his penis. Stop this now. This guy seems to be awfully focused on penises.
2: Now to me, now to me. Nudge, not, nudge.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: Catch all new episodes of Geeks and Beats Wednesdays on iTunes. And watch for Geeks and Beats magazine on a newsstand near you. To be part of next week's show, call area code 323 319 Nerd. Follow the stories on Twitter, Facebook, and get your dose of Geeks and Beats anytime at geeksandbeats.com.
0: Get out of the booth, Jack.
2: No, I
0: like it in here.